You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. Up, you beauties! Welcome to another episode of High and Wide, Season Three, Episode Three. I'm joined by Jack. We are waiting for Kyle to join the pod any minute now, but we figured we'd start. We're a little bit delayed in coming out with the show this week. Today's Wednesday, so this will be out. You should be seeing this Thursday morning. We have a, a little bit to talk about, Jack. Flyers finally made a move. Season three, episode three, three million dollars for a third pairing defenseman known as Eric Gustafson. Uh, yeah, not at all what I had pegged for them to do. I definitely can't hate it, but I, I don't know. I don't want to say I dislike it, but I'm not exactly gung ho. They did something, you know. They he's not asleep at the wheel, Fletcher. So that's good to know. Um. A lot of people who'd like to signing point to his 18-19 season where he had yeah. 63 points. And we, have, we all know how we feel about defensemen putting up uh, numbers in the 60s. Uh, but he's awfully a lot like somebody we know. And um, does that put a time limit on Ghost? Uh, what do you think, Jim? See, I thought this was interesting. I thought this move was really, really interesting. Initially, I was like, this doesn't make sense. I don't like the move. But after taking 10, 15 minutes thinking about, you know, the type of player that they signed, you know, Gustafson can play on the right side, and that's great. Uh, is he the ideal guy that I want playing in a top four with Travis Sanheim or Ivan Provorov? Because that's really the position that they need to replace. That's where Niskanen – Niskanen was a top two pairing guy for the Flyers last year. And with this signing, I don't think they – went out and got a top pairing guy. Now they're going to have options and we'll get into those. Uh, you know, we talked before the show, Gustafson, I think in my eyes, and I, it sounds like in the same for you, Jack Gustafson's maybe a third pairing guy. Um, unless they're thinking about pairing him with Travis Sanheim, you know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe instead of, you know, they usually do the defensive guy with the offensive guy or, or what have you. Maybe the second pairing is more of an offensive Defensive pairing? I don't, I'm not sure I like that with a guy like Sanheim, especially from what we saw in the playoffs. And I know it's a small sample size, guys, so no one get all crazy. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Do you do you trust Travis Sanheim playing with another offensive player regularly? Uh, we'll see. This it creates even more of a logjam for me, I think, on defense. You know, they have eight NHL defensemen on the roster now, I believe. They got Gustafson, Friedman, Sanheim, Myers, Provorov, Haig, Braun. I, I think that was eight. Maybe that's seven. I don't know. Um, they're going to have to do something. Oh, I missed Shane Gossespierre, I think. That's yeah, a Freudian slip there for you, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, it was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it, there's definitely a logjam. Now, I don't think this team ever viewed Friedman as their seventh defenseman. I don't think they felt comfortable enough saying this is going to be our guy when somebody gets hurt. Because if it like you're playing NHL or something like that and guys don't get hurt as frequently, it's like, OK, he's a plug and play kind of guy. 
most real seasons, these guys get hurt for extended period of time, and I don't think they like freed me being the first man up, especially if they have multiple injuries in the position. Now you're dipping into Pouliot or whoever the hell else they have, which is another signing they made, by the way, um, You know, with the Phantoms. And now you're playing with real fire there. So I think they definitely wanted more there. They get a guy because they essentially – I don't want to say struck out and everything else. It's not like the other player chose, like, for instance, TJ Brody. He didn't ch- not choose Philly. We didn't offer him a no-trade clause. That was the deal-breaker. And because of that – and it was the right move not to give him that because then we you have to protect him. And we have too many players we have to protect. Toronto's not in that situation. They got like – their team is built into like four guys, you know, and – they can protect whoever else when they have to. Well, we we want to protect like three fourths of our team, or at least do the best we can. So we can't be throwing out no trade clauses, no movement clauses like Holgram used to do, and and half the, the league has been doing. Every guy that signed this offseason defensively has saw, has a no trade clause that you could link to the Flyers, like Krug, Petrolangelo, obviously, um, T.J. Brody. Uh, I think would it um what's his name from um. Tampa get uh, the defenseman from Buffalo. I'm striking out his name right now. Bogosian? Yeah, where did he sign? Did he signed him. I forget where no, he went. I don't even know where he signed, to be honest with you. He's the one name I couldn't remember where he went, but for the most part, everybody else involved, like they all went somewhere for either a lot of term, decent amount of cap, and no movement clauses. And I don't think we're in a position to be throwing that kind of stuff out, especially when you look at defense. And you have guys like Cam York, Zamula coming up. And they actually drafted another guy in Andre who's just like Ghost and Gustafson. And there's a there's a spot on a team for a guy like that. And now he's so far down the pipe. The point is they're already prepping for the future. They believe in the guys they've drafted and are developing. And we look at Proveroff, Myers, and Sandheim and guys of that nature. Why wouldn't you? So they're not going to go give a guy an eight-year deal for – oodles and oodles of money when you have to sign Hart, you have to sign Coots, you have to sign all sorts of guys. And they're not going to put – and you got the flap cat for like maybe this year, next year, and the year after that. You're not going to put yourself in that kind of situation. Does that make Gustafson the right move? I, I don't think so. I think they just took what they could on a one-year deal with no real commitment to a guy. And the fact that he's identical to Ghost just revs up the speculation. Do I hope that they get a trade done for Line? Hell yeah, absolutely, and Ghost better be involved. But at this point, Ghost really might get moved for pennies on the dollar. You look at what Schmidt got traded to Vancouver, Vancouver for, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up because everybody like suddenly Schmidt is like the best available trade candidate, and the fact that he had come to Philly has people bent out of shape. The guy's not a good defenseman. Like he's okay. He's not this stud. He makes way too much money for too many years. So why we would put that in our cap situation is short-term thinking. He's not a type of player who's going to put us over the top and we're going to win the cup or have a real legitimate shot. He's just going to screw us down the road, and you're going to lose a guy you really like, and then you they're going to be calling for Fletcher's head anyway. So I thought Martinez made more sense. But the point of what I was getting at was they only gave up a third-round pick, Vancouver. That's I actually thought they would have given up less. I, 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 because they're so cap strapped, I, I really thought that they helped them out because they mm-hmm. took on the entire cap hit, not some. Vegas retained no money. So everybody's like, oh, Nate Schmidt went for peanut. 
they took a lot of money off the cap for those guys. So I'm glad that we're not the team to do that. I don't care what pick we would have given. I don't care if we gave up a seventh and got a guy like Nate Schmidt. That would have bit us so hard. So that's that. As far as Gustafson's concerned, yeah, we got two ghosts on the team now. We already didn't like the one. Uh, this guy has not yet proven he's replicate what he did in 1819 with Chicago. So th- thank God it's only one year, but I don't really know how this is going to, like you said, there's a serious log jam. Something needs to be done. And I just feel like as more time goes on, it's less likely, especially the guys that we're interested in, like line A. So, um, yeah, th- this is still incomplete. We still do not have a top four defenseman that we needed. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Warner has joined the podcast. Kyle, what's up, dude? I'm here. My computer is kind of glitching out on me. So we were just covering the Flyers signed Gustafson, obviously, for a year for $3 million. We were getting into Nate Schmidt a little bit. Before we get into more about Nate Schmidt, your thoughts on the Eric Gustafson signing? I don't really understand it. As every day passes that a move isn't made, it makes less and less sense. I don't understand what they were going for. You signed a guy, and then you moved nobody out. Why do we have this many defensemen? What was the point of signing Friedman? I know he's a seventh guy, but what was the point of signing Friedman if we expected another guy we're bringing in and Ghost to play the same game? I don't don't understand it. As every day passes and they don't send somebody out in some sort of deal – it makes no sense. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm here's what I'm here's why I think it's taken a little bit longer to make a deal because I'm sure, and this has kind of been my opinion here. And I think Jack, we we were talking about this uh, in in the in the HW chat a uh, couple. I think it was last week with Gossip Bear, and we saw it with the Nate Schmidt trade. If they're going to move Ghost by himself, they're not going to really get anything back, right? It's going to be like crappy draft picks, you know. So I'm assuming that the reason why Ghost is still on this team is because they're using him as part of uh, a deal. What that deal is without speculating, I don't know. One could assume it's the Patrick Line deal since we keep hearing about that, you know, and pieces keep kind of coming out about that. I think we all agree if, if Ghost is moved, it would make the most sense to include him in a package for somebody even better. And Jack, you said that I think all year long. Right. It's, it's the smart. If you're going to move ghost, the smartest way to move them is to include them in something. I'm assuming that's what it is. I'm going to assume that they're like very, very close. You know, that they're playing that game with Winnipeg now, like we were we were doing the GM negotiating uh, game last week or whatever. I'm assuming that's what's going on right now. Like who's going to budge? Who's going to, you know, the, maybe the Flyers keep adding a little piece here and the Jets are like, yeah, we're still not there yet. You know, I don't know. I don't think there's any way. They go into next season with all of these defensemen on the roster next year. And something else, well, I'm not even going to, I'm going to, I don't think Gustafson's going to replace a guy like Sanheim. Like I'm wondering if they're, they're even thinking about moving Sanheim now because Gustafson could replace Sanheim. The only thing with that is though, if they were to move a Sanheim, they would still need to go out and get another top four guy. So they're still, Gustafson, for me, didn't fill any holes, like you guys said. So they still have to make two moves. If they want to score, they can go out and get a score. But they still need a top 4D, I think, don't they? 
Yeah, I mean that was that was their issue. The second Niskanen decided he was done playing hockey is now we're short of top four D. No matter which way you shake it. Yeah, they didn't. The Gustafson signing it just felt, and we had said this like we don't want the Flyers to make a move for the sake of making the move, and then they kind of do that here. And while I'm not like horrified, this is a horrible deal or anything like that. Like the guy has talent, you know. Maybe we can use it. Maybe he'll look good on this power play or the second power play. But, like, you didn't address your need. We have a legitimate need. And it, you knew he was retiring before the rest of us. And the fact that the line A trade did not get done, I think, put a wrench into their plans a little bit, uh, particularly before the trade deadline. Because at that point, if you do move to Sandheim and you do move – you know, these pieces, you have a better idea of what you can spend in free agency, even on one year deals. Maybe you can commit a little bit longer to certain guys. Um, and you kind of go from there. And it just seemed like they couldn't get that done. Winnipeg was probably asking for way too much, not forced to trade line A. And they spent all their time and effort trying to make that move that when the free agency came around, their plan B was not much of anything. Uh, we'll look for a, a good deal. We'll pick up the scraps. And oddly enough, some of the players we thought might be available after the first free agent rush, like Bobby Ryan, were some of the first guys to, so- to sign with a team. Like Bobby Ryan opened up free agency by like signing with Detroit. It was like the weirdest thing. It's like <laughs> you wanted to play for the Flyers. You're the first guy to sign. The first offer comes across the table and Boom, you're gone. That was kind of weird to see. But, like, I think he wanted to pick up some pieces like that, wait for Vegas to commit all that money to Petrolangelo and be that over the cap, try to snag a guy like Martinez or whatnot. And it just didn't happen. It's like all the beginning pieces started to, okay, this is what we saw coming. It's our turn to do this. And we keep waiting to get that text that Fletcher made this trade or moved that guy out or this. And not, we just got nothing. And it's like almost a reactionary, well, we got to do something. We need another defenseman. Uh, we kind of like Gustafson. He's still available, and he's one of the only guys who will sign for a one-year deal, which is also why I think he got $3 million because I don't think he's worth that. It doesn't really bother me. It's one year. And, yeah, they made a move for the sake of making a move. I don't. We still haven't addressed our need. No trades have gone down. There's a log jam. I, the team feels like they're – floating in space right now i don't understand the direction he wants to go for next year i think he's being protective of seattle and all that and our contracts but as far as addressing the need the current needs it's a big fat he's he laid an egg you know i mean like there's nothing and what are you going to do now you go back to the line a table you're going to trade for dumba like I was doing some research on Dumba, man. He doesn't play defense very well. I was kind of like, ugh. Like, where's our defensive stalwart? Where's our veteran presence? Like, this is not at all the way I imagined this going. And when we all got excited when free, uh, money opened up with Niskanen retiring, and now we're just kind of like, what are we, pocketing this money at this point? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get what he's thinking at this point. I, I tried covering him for a bit, and now I'm kind of like, all right, well, you kind of got to do something now. Otherwise, I'm going to start questioning you. I know you don't want to be stupid or reactionary, but Jesus Christ, do something. So it sounds like you, you're not happy with Fletcher. But I'm not to the point where I think Nate Schmidt is suddenly a good defenseman worth $6 million for five He's years. He's not. He's exactly. Not. I'm not at that point yet where I just need a name for the sake of getting a name. So I'm not that bad yet. But now if they, went, if they went and got 
if they went and got if they managed to sneak Shay Theodore from him, then I would be uh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want I didn't want Nate Thompson or not Nate Thompson, Jesus, Nate Schmidt. Like I didn't want the guy. I don't think he's that good defensively. Everybody talks about how he's underrated, and I'm like, I don't think he's that fucking underrated. Right? He's overpaid. That's he's for making sure. six million dollars for five <laughs> every years. There's no way he's underrated. Yeah, it's it's a name that people have heard before, and that's that's all it is. Alex Martinez at least fits what we're trying to do. One year, he's got two Stanley Cups. Is his talent falling off a bit? Yeah, he's getting older, but he's still serviceable. He's serviceable in a top four role if he absolutely had to. I honestly like the uh, the first rumor I heard of Savard. Yeah, I'd much that's rather have name. Savard yeah. than uh, now, the guy. He, you- it's Columbus, right? Yeah. yeah. And Columbus. Think, they got so much cap space. I don't think they're they're forced to move anybody. I expected them to make a big move, and maybe it's because it's Columbus. <laughs> they're they're. I think they're at this point. They're at Barzell or bust. They're really considering that. Those talks have what I heard heated up, but I don't. I still don't think they get done. But they got all this cap space. They can't attract anybody. So maybe that took you know sort of art off the market. The only other rumor I heard. And it's Eklund, so get out your your salt. Um, was they kicked the tires on uh, Zdeno Chara because he has still not been resigned to Boston. So I don't know. Does that fill a top four role for you? <laughs> His age? I don't. Even, I don't know, man. He's slow. He's big, but there's still like I'm. Gra- I feel like I'm grasping at straws at this point. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do about this top four defense issue that we clearly have. I also don't know what they're going to do now that they signed Gustafson to three mil. You only yeah, have you only have four mil, four four point five, four point six. So I think they had eight point six. So three mil, so five point six. You got to give Myers probably what Sandheim got. And that's three and a quarter. What's that leap? You got to give Patrick probably a mil. You're down to what at that point? One and change, two and change. What's that going to I heard they had interest in Derek Broussard. Like, and that's if, like, they don't think Patrick's going to be healthy. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's the names are getting less and less impressive as this goes on. And unless there's some kind of major trade shakeup, which we all know has had to happen for a few years now, we're going to be looking at not enough. I think it's going to be another year of not enough. They'll have their ups and downs. They'll look good against the bad teams. But when they play the teams that can keep it going for a full series and play strong defensive hockey, we're going to probably get outplayed. And it's going to be another tough uh, – they're a playoff team, but it's it, playoffs are going to be very frustrating. You mentioned Derek Broussard. I'd be okay with that signing for a third-line yeah. center. Wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't you rather see Frost at this point, though? I would, yeah. Uh, and we could talk about that a little bit because in the same breath, I'm wanting to talk about guys like Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, uh, Konechny. Uh, let me just get on the Flyers roster here. So let's I'm- let's get the Flyers defensive corpse out of the way. Like we talk about Travis Sanheim. Doesn't it feel like the way we talk about Sanheim, doesn't it feel like he's younger than Ivan Provorov? Like Ivan Provorov is like the alpha male on that defensive corpse Travis Sanheim is a, a year older than Provorov, but it feels like we're being more patient with him. Like every time Ivan Provorov makes a little mistake, oh, get him out of there. He's not the top uh, power play guy, blah, blah, blah. Say, I don't know why, like, we should be expecting more. And I think for me, and I've said it on past shows, next year I want to see the training wheels off. 
of these guys. I want to like put them in positions where they can succeed and don't be afraid of them failing. Cause I'm like, this, this is the entire problem with why everyone's so, I think um, unsettled a little bit. Like, cause if you look at this defensive corpse, you're looking at Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers, three, it's supposed to be three studs, right? But I feel like we're looking at this corpse and we're like, we need another solid guy. Like these guys can't do it, but shouldn't they be able to, right? And just to touch on Frost a little bit here, I agree with, with a guy like Frost, like let's stop babying guys a little bit because he didn't look terrible in his time up with the Flyers last year. Throw him into the fire. I, I, we spoke to, um, I spoke to Mike Ionella earlier today. He believes there may not be an AHL season till at the very latest February. And if the Flyers start January 1st, in my opinion, Frost should be on this roster. And if they can go out and get a, let's just say they go out and get a guy like Broussard for, I don't know, a million bucks, right? That'd be great. But like you mentioned earlier, with the cap space they have, 5.685, and they still have they still have to re-sign Phil Myers. I don't know. There's a little bit of a see. There's got to be another move here because this doesn't really add up. They can't do the things, even the little things that we're saying this team should do. Go out, maybe get Broussard, maybe re-sign Phil Myers, uh, see what happens. That's not even adding another defensive guy. They're going to be in a little bit of a crunch. And I didn't even like I didn't even bring up uh, Nolan Patrick. I don't know. There's there's got to be a move, and I really don't I really don't want to move Ghost for like a like a, if Nate Schmidt goes for a third, I don't want to move Ghost for like a fourth or fifth. You know what I mean? Like I would ra- I I would say he I don't want to say he's more valuable to the Flyers, but it would be in their best interest to see if he's actually fully healthy from these injuries, and to see if he can either boost his value or work his way back onto this work his way back onto the roster, you know? Uh, I don't know. There's, I feel like there's a lot to chew, but everything... I, don't I know. feel Every, like they're waiting for something to shake out of the apple tree. Yeah. And nothing's coming. That is what it feels like. And I think you might be right there. Maybe maybe they are waiting for something, because there there's still scraps out there. And maybe when guys... Well, there's, there's a lot of teams in absolute cap hell right now. I, I was yeah. looking at Tampa Bay. And nobody claimed Johnson on waiver, so guess who's still against their cap hit? <laughs> that was great, too. Johnson. Yeah, nothing. So, so they have $2 million to sign Sergachev, Cernak, and uh, Sorelli. That's it. Two, we think we're in bad shape. They have $2 million to sign three pretty important people for their team. And maybe that's what they're waiting to shake loose. That's a great point there. I mean, that that guy Cernak's a right-handed D. He's a big dude. I'm not sure if he's going to be a top four guy. Uh, former second over second round pick, 43rd overall in 2015. Uh, right-handed defenseman, 6'3", 233 pounds. Kyle, I know you like that. Uh, I like size. I like they could use a guy guys. like that. And if, no, if yeah, they could they somehow could. shake him loose, why not? That's the kind of teams they need to be talking to. I know we're all big on the line anything, but it's like even if they more than that, even if they just gave Ghost away for whatever, like and freed up that money, like who are they who are they gonna sign? There's nobody worth signing at this point, you know. So like it's gonna have to come the way of a trade, and I just 
I'll keep waiting to see something. I guess you could say it's early in the offseason. We just get all excited because we had all that talk and then the draft and then free agency and all we came away with after all that was Gustafson. And it's like you just – all you can do is speculate. <laughs> I'm glad we're not one of those teams in Capel. I'm glad he didn't make a move that put us into further Capel, whether it be this year or next or whatever. But I, first of all, Frost has to – he has to play. Like, come on. He'll, it'll be five years – no, I'm sorry. Four years since he's been drafted. If next year is the 2021 season, he was drafted in 2017. Like, yeah, he doesn't need two years down in the AHL. Like, let's like, go. Come on. He's been knocking on the door. Like, we have cap issues. Like, play the kid. Yeah. You know, if they're interested in Broussard, that tells me that they're expecting to move Lawton or something, and they need Frost and Broussard and or whatever, something along those lines. Um, so everything I'm hearing about certain players are interested in is that there's something else coming because it doesn't make sense otherwise, especially when you look at what they have left in cap to spend. So, yeah, Lightning is a great example. I think the only problem is there's probably plenty of other teams that are thinking the same thing we're thinking. So I just hope that Fletcher is quick. This is a guy we've heard that all he does is make trades. You know, in this offseason, he's made one trade, and we needed him to make trades. It's like, what's going on, man? Like, we're running out of time. We're running out of players, like – we're going to be stuck with a pretty interesting team. Like, let's just say that it's offseason ends and this is our team. Who's playing with Provorov? Everybody's going to say Myers because they gotta like the left-right. Everybody's like, left-right, got to be Myers, right? Either way, you're breaking up Myers and Sandheim, which is not good. So who are you playing with? Sandheim, Ghost, Gustafson, Hag, Braun? Uh, I should have to play I'm gonna, Gustafson. I'm going to throw up. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That, Braun like, played with then, him a little bit last year, I think. And then your third pairing is a combination of Hag, Ghost, and Braun. Well, yeah. first off, watch Twitter just catch fire <laughs> off who they put in that three-man rotation. Like, that's going to just be an absolute joke. And they're going to say they don't want to see Ghost because, yo, we got Gustafson to do that shit now. And then Hag's going to fuck up and Braun's going to be a pylon. It's going to be an absolute disaster. And I don't want Carter Hart being hung out to dry. Unless they think they can get some kind of deal on his contract if they have this horrible defense in front of them. <laughs> get blown out this year. <laughs> it's just – oh, my God. And, like, listen, Jimmy, you guys brought up on the bright side that Hart's cheap right now. Now, I didn't see them being able to go out and get a Kruger or a Petrolangelo, but I was hoping for some kind of trade to do something while you do have certain players not making a whole lot. But it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen and unless they do an earth-moving trade. <laughs> that that defensive core that I just laid out for you might very re- be a realistic thing. See, that's why I think that they are going to go after a line A. Um, because Hart is never going to be this cheap again. That's, that was a good point by you to bring up. Now, what I also want to talk about with Hart is his possible uh, upcoming contract. But I'll get to that in a second. So for this next year, I think this this – Especially if you consider Giroux's getting older, Voracek's getting older. They have to go for it this year. And this current current roster, while I think it's very good, uh, you know, just as good as last year, but, uh, well, they're a little bit worse, right, because they lost Niskanen. They didn't add anything. I do think if they went into next season with this roster, they, they'd be fine. I think they would finish top two in a division, potentially win it still. I really do believe that. Um, but I don't think they would get past the second round again. You know, the I don't even know if they'd get past the first round with this roster. Because, 
Yeah, because guess what, dude? The book's out. I mean, the Flyers can't keep up with big physical teams. Not only that, look at look, if we played Montreal again, look at all the players they've added. Big like, physical yeah. fucking guys. They're going to make the playoffs this year for sure. I mean, that, that's a whole different – we're definitely not the favorites. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're, we'd be – that'd be tough. I would still uh, hope we win, but they added – to Foley, they added what's his name from Columbus. I mean, don't get me that contract's ridiculous. Josh Anderson, yeah. uh, the contract's ridiculous. I cannot like, believe they signed. You know, it. the first thing that came into my head when I seen that, I was like, "Holy Andrew fucking Lad type deal." Yeah. <laughs> I had Dude, a he just Andrew had his mind, entire shoulder yeah, right. reconstructed. It just, like his shoulder but, was dead. Yeah. I, point being though, and they they did just sign Gallagher. I heard he was getting a little ornery. But like yeah, they did resign Gallagher, like that whole team outside of Max Domi has been brought together, and they're tougher. And Suzuki's only going to get better, and whoever the hell else. And Godfrey, and they'll probably bring up Coalfield just to shit all over me at the very last second, just you know, be one little last stab. But um, they're, and <laughs> they're just, I'm be afraid of that team. The way they played us, and they added talent, we lost talent. We would we would come in and we, unless like Sanheim Myers take these massive step forward and whoever else. But, but like, they need yeah, to we, though. That's the, they that's do. the thing. Yeah. That's how this defense is supposed to be being built. We didn't make that monumental move. Not that we could, but we really didn't open up space to do it. These are our guys, and right. yeah, the future is York and hopefully Zamula and whoever else. But this is kind of it. So they need to figure it out and perform. And we were trying to make get that scoring winger. And you're right. You're like they see they need to go for a line. What scares me is they are and they're being unsuccessful. <laughs> like they're not successful because you know Gaudreau has been talked about at length for years as well, and that hasn't come through either. So it's kind of like something's got to give. And I I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. They're not a good spot. I don't. If I'm another team looking at the Flyers, half the names that we're putting in trades, I'm not asking for. Like, I'm not like, oh, you want my stud player? Uh, yeah, let's talk ghosts. Like, <laughs> and a pick. Like, no. And I know other guys be involved, and I would definitely go after uh, Sandheim, but let's say that does go down. Like, you got said earlier, Jim. Like, okay, now they have a, two top fours they have to address. So it's, it's, I just don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, and I don't know if I'm Fletcher and he can't pull some crazy good trade like Steph is. I don't see it. I don't see a crazy good trade going down. They're rare for a reason. And to to have to pin your hopes on ones, even it's just bad. That's just not that's not good but good business. Let me throw some things at you guys real quick here because this off season is obviously an off season like no other. You know, we have number one, another fucking expansion team. And I'm really I'm really starting to hate expansion, like, really, really bad. Like, with Vegas, like, okay, it was cool because it's been a little while since there was an expansion team. But how long has it been now? They've been in the league for three years, going on four, and there's already another expansion team. And so what happens is, like, teams can't keep their own players. And that fucking – that's so lame, right? And so They can't keep their own players unless they're willing to get rid of draft capital in order for the – Seattle to take who you want them to take right and it's it's all bullshit so from from my understanding a team can keep seven forwards and three defensemen right and so if you're the Flyers obviously the first three names that come to mind is Provorov, Sanheim, Myers and so what kind of takes a guy 
like Schmidt and even a guy like Dumba out of possible trade scenarios is if you trade for one of those two, so you're going to have to leave somebody unprotected or you have to going to have to give up draft capital to tell uh, Seattle to fuck off. Right. And I think there are ways around that. And uh, I think that Chuck is navigating this whole thing. And I'm, I might take some shit for this, but I think he's got the right approach, kind of wait things out, see who we can plug in. If we can't plug a guy in, there's going to be a team like Tampa Bay. Maybe we can get somebody on a discount because they're fucked cap wise. Um, the other thing that we have to consider, uh, and I mentioned already a little bit, is the flat cap. So the flat cap put a wrench in, I'm sure, all th- all 31, 32 teams' plans, whatever it is now. And I think for Fletcher to be in the situation that he's in, I mean, he, he hasn't lost anybody due to the flat cap. You know, we were all thinking Ghost was going to have to get moved. And I believe that if Niskanen didn't retire, Ghost would have been gone possibly already he would have had to have been gone so he's in an okay position with the cap but he's i don't think he's in a position where he can you know obviously uh plans have changed a little bit right uh i don't know so just something to consider with the expansion and the flat cap maybe we could still see a big trade because these are you know times like we've never seen i think part of the issue is that Teams don't know exactly everybody's value during the flat cap, especially in free agency. Like the big guys are going to get their money. Some of the middle of the road guys, like you just don't know. And especially if you're asking them, they want that security. That's why the Flyers never had a shot, real shot with TJ Brody. Because once the the uh, no trade came in, they were out. And for what you just said with the expansion, yeah, they're, they're not keeping Brody. Like, well, they would like to keep him, but they're not going to be forced to keep him over guys like Provorov, Sanheim and Myers, you know? So like that kind of hurt them. So like free agency was never a realistic option for this team unless it was a one year deal. And that's why a trade's the only way to go. And this Niskanen thing, the more I think about it really kind of hurt them when we thought it would help them and we'd have all this money. But the only way out of this is a goddamn trade. And even I was thinking about with Tampa, like we could, theoretically try to get something out of them but they can't take any cap back from us no. so what are we going to give them like we, uh, we have to wait well, for somebody else to, be, to make the first move it would have to be like a bang bang deal so if they were to trade for line a right you're going to give up a forward you're going to give up a defenseman and you're going to give up some picks and a prospect probably for line a i think the flyers would turn around and immediately go first round pick for Cernak or something to get because you would then possibly open up enough space yeah i feel like we keep coming back to line a and i think fletcher may have pinned too much on this idea of this trade and i don't there's no other realistic scenario besides going into the season with this ridiculous defensive core that's not going to make sense or trading for line a what where's the pivot point like i literally don't see anything I'm okay with the kids coming up and seeing what you got on the forward side, but on the defensive side, it's in shambles right now. And you're going to be heavily relying on Provorov's going to up his 25 minutes a night to 35 minutes a night at this point. And, you know, Myers, you're hoping he's going to have to play with him and you're hoping that he doesn't take any hiccups or have a soft, more slump of sorts. Sandheim comes back to what he, where he was. And then you got the other four 
that are just two ghosts, a, a couple of pylons. Like that's going to be tough. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they do have their, their pros at times, but you can't be relying on these don't guys. Dare call Robert Hag a pylon. <laughs> you know, that's just it. Like Hag, Hag and Braun at this point, and I guess Braun's better against lesser talent. He can be a starting defenseman, but they're both like six, seven guys. You got two, six, seven guys. You don't know what the hell you have in Ghost. And Gustafson's a, he's a, top, a bottom four defenseman. Like he sh- really shouldn't be in your top four if you have, <laughs> if you really put pride in your D. He's and a only power guy play that specialist. We have- and the only guy that we have that is six seven is never going to play an NHL game. Yeah, I know. Isn't that a shame? God, if that only panned out. What a out. waste of a fucking first round pick. It happens. But that's just it. Like I, I'm like, so, I don't know who, what other. I bet you if they do make a trade, it's some kind of real random one with a random ass team. Kind of like every deal that we heard coming forward, we thought we were in with, and then the guy goes to like Vancouver. It's like, oh, I didn't even know they were in discussions. Like, what the. So I, no, mean, I, was ha- I was happy that you brought up the flat cap thing in the middle of the road, guys, because if there was no flat cap and it did go up by the three million, it was supposed to go up by Tyler Toffoli is getting four by six, not four by four. I can see that. And some of these guys like the um, the term. They just they like the stability. And I can't, I really can't blame him for it. you got to get it while you can. You don't know what the future holds. You know, they say this flat cap's going to be for this year, next year, and maybe the year after that, but you really don't know. So, I, I just, I don't see this defense is a, a massive issue right now. They did, they, they this Niskin and retiring went from like a dream to a nightmare, <laughs> like real quick. Yeah. What else do I have here? So. Flyers Twitter has been annoying the hell out of me oh, lately. It's a, it's a, I swear, off-season, draft, and trade deadline, Flyers Twitter especially becomes a raging dumpster fire of shitty opinions. <laughs> Listen, I check Twitter like I check my stocks like once a week at this point. Like it's it's getting ridiculous. The more I, I, I check it, the more like I think about it was kind of what my stocks do, and you're not supposed to do that. And it's just like some of the scenarios and the thoughts, uh, some do make sense, but some of them like, and I just come back to Nate Schmidt. I'm like, this is how bad it's gotten where you're willing to take on $6 million for the next five years. Doesn't matter how bad it completely screws over your team just because you heard of the guy and he's a passable top four defenseman. That's it. So like, like that's, that's how watered down twitter has gotten where we're getting upset about if we made that move when we had all the cap in the world and there were free agents or whatever and we, we would be torching fletcher right now but suddenly it's a good move because they haven't done anything and they can't afford the other guys to work into their you know so they're not like tampa in their cap hell and i get it where a team like the blues like they win the, the um stanley cup and they go and they trade for um What's his name for Carolina? Uh, Kevin Falk. You know, and then they know Petrolangelo is out the door, so they go and they get Krug. I get that. Um, their team's built a little differently than ours. We're still young. Uh, they haven't paid like some of the – certain of their guys have already been paid. The other half still need to be paid. They could do that. They had to watch Petrolangelo walk. That's their captain. 
So that does happen. We're not there yet. We're not at that point where we can we want our cup, say goodbye to Provorov and bring in the next guy or whatever. That's you know, like we are still building. We don't the, our older guys are we're looking at them like two of them we need to ship off and one of them needs to be dropped in the lineup. We're not like they're not still carrying our team. So we're making that move to put us over the top is only going to screw us. Seriously, it's only going to screw us over. We're not at that point where we need that one last piece to go. We need to be smart about this. We need to get our guys locked up first. And I think people are getting – they're so disappointed that they're becoming irrational and they're not thinking about the future at all. Now, if a guy like Schmidt was added and we were cup contenders, I would be like, hey, you deal with the cap shit later. Go for it. We're not that team. As you guys brought up earlier, like Montreal and the Islanders exposed a lot of flaws within this team, and the blueprint on how to beat this team is out there for everybody. Not to mention the Islanders are pretty much the same exact team right now, and Montreal got significantly better. And the rest of our division is getting better with little moves here and there, except for maybe Pitt, who's like the <laughs> eroding. Uh, but everybody else seems to be doing stuff. And I think that's what the, the complacency is making, especially Twitter, lose their friggin' minds. And cooler heads are not prevailing, and idiotic statements are being made, and players who aren't that good are being made into these star defensemen, which just makes me chuckle. And yeah, it's the and lack it's a, of action that I think Twitter. has led to that. I think people are using Twitter as. You know, they're, they're using it as their outlet, which is fine. But some stuff, it's like, like, we didn't get Henrik Lundqvist. Like, I don't care about that. Like, there were people yeah, that yeah. actually wanted it. Let's talk about that for a second, because I meant to bring that up on Full Circle, and we just ran out of time. Uh, I know you know a guy that really wanted him. Yeah, Dan wanted him, yeah. Why? <laughs> just, to have, just to have Lundqvist on the flyers, I guess. That makes more sense to me than anything else I could have heard because it's cool having a name like one quiz. That's it. Just just for how it looks, what it sounds like. Is he going to honestly make one the team or Carter Hart significantly better? Is Carter Hart going to watch some kind of way he prepares himself for the game? Because if you saw Lundqvist in New York last year, it wasn't pretty. The, the Rangers bought him out, already paying Shattenkirk $6 million, signing nobody. They didn't make room for anybody. They have all this cap space. They didn't have to buy out Lundqvist and have his cap hit affect them the next five years. But they did. And he's their legendary goaltender. The best they've probably ever seen. Better than Richter, in my opinion. And, yeah, they didn't get a, a cup out of him, but he was still that good. They didn't bite the bullet for one more year. They said, we're going to get you out now, pay you $5 million this year, 1.9 for the next three, and then 1.1 for the next two. That's how imperative it is. You get, it. And then with that free money, we're going to go and we're going to sign um, Jack Johnson because <laughs> that's all the Rangers really did was sign Jack Johnson, who was horrid, and they have all this cap space. So if they thought he was that bad that they needed to move him out the door – you're telling me he's going to, what, have this crazy good year with the Flyers as a backup, mind you? Because I don't see much difference between him and, and Brian Elliott, personally. Yeah, I didn't care about it. It was just whatever. But people on Twitter were upset about it for some reason. Uh, the lack of action like, does this. It does this to people. 
Yeah, but that, but I mean, like, I get what you're saying, lack of action. But I don't know what, like, people are like, the, the people that are getting angry. I don't think fully grasp the situation, I and agree. that kind of irks me a little bit. Like, we already talked about the flat cap, unexpected, right? The cap. What'd you say the cap was supposed to go up, Kyle? Three million. Yep. That's a lot of money, and this fucking expansion bullshit. So you got to worry about that. Like, you need a guy that's going to navigate you through this. And, like, yeah, they haven't added anybody, but they haven't added any mistakes either. Do you know what I mean? Like, they went out and got a guy. I'm going to say this jokingly. A former 60-point scorer in Eric (laughs) Gustafson. (laughs) Right? No one's talking about that, though, by the way. Like, you would never know this guy scored 60 points before. Yeah, but it's because we already have our – we already have our former – X amount of years ago, 60-point guy. Yeah, and nobody wanted this guy. Nobody wanted to take a chance, so he got a one-year deal with the Flyers for $3 million. Whoop-dee-doo, right? That's That, to me, is a move. It's a move. You know, this guy, he could play. He's got a little bit of potential. He's a veteran guy. He's played with some good teams with the Hawks. I think he was with the Flames for a couple games last year. But it's not a move that's going to hurt this team after this year, you know? And I think that's important. Now, it, it doesn't help them out in their quest for a cup, which is the ultimate goal. And I think maybe that's a little bit why guys get so frustrated now is because they're so close. They're a couple pieces away, one or two moves away. One big move, maybe two little tweaks away from seriously competing for a Stanley Cup. And I think maybe guys are already thinking about the Carter Hart extension I think they're already thinking about the Sean Couturier extension. Uh, I think there's some anxiety still about what the fuck is going on with Nolan Patrick, right? Because I forget that he's on the team. I don't include him in any of this kind of stuff. And I get shit for that because I forget. You know, oh, you forgot about Nolan Patrick could come back and play 3C. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, there's every indication that that's going to happen. He has (laughs) – let's say he's been skating and everything's going well. You know, he could be cleared to play soon. Hasn't signed a contract with the Flyers. There's no, and I'm sure he'll sign while we're doing the show. There's nothing that, I, like, I don't get how you can assume he's going to be on the team because he's been off this team more than he's been on it in the last year, year and a half. We've done, we've gone through a full calendar year and hasn't been, cle- he hasn't been cleared to play. Uh, actually, I think we're 15 months into that. Because it was last June or July when there was weird. They went out and got Kevin Hayes because of Nolan Patrick. They didn't think he was going to play. So, in my opinion, you can't keep planning around Nolan Patrick. You have to move forward, and if he plays, that's a that's an addition. It's a it's like a you know signing a free agent at this point because he is not part of this team. So, I think there's a lot of factors. You have to consider before you get angry at Chuck Fletcher for not making a move this offseason. There's just a lot of bullshit. So I'm not cutting him slack, and I'm not saying he's doing a great job as a GM. You know, this this offseason is just weird. Would I like to see a move? Absolutely. But I also realize that there are things that could possibly prevent, be preventing him from making the one that I want. So – do I am I going to be okay with Eric Gustafson? I think I'm going to have to be if that's the only move they make. And am I disappointed? I can't really say that because I can't fault fault him for 
you know, the cards that he's been dealt. It's unexpected bullshit. So I don't know. Maybe they maybe we see something at the trade deadline, you know, where they uh, get. Now, I was going to bring that up. Big bodies on the cheap. Fletcher has made comments about having space, cap space at the trade deadline. Right. That being said, you don't know what kind of season we're going to have. And you got to get and be in contention, which they should be, to the trade deadline first. But this, this, I, I'm going to meet you halfway. I agree with everything you said. I just, I, he's got to be more creative before I can say, because I, I agree with everything you say about the cap and navigating through the, the dead, um, the flat cap and looking ahead with the contracts. And Carter Hart's next year. Like, it's not like it's coming, like, oh, look, it's next year. That is close. And then the year after that is Coots, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's serious. And and Sanheim again, I believe, because he only signed like a two-year deal. Um, that being said, I wish he could have been more – and there's still time, but I'm just losing some uh, confidence in it in the short term that he can do more for this year. Uh, because if we're serious with the run we had at the end of last year – and the bubble play and addressing some of our weaknesses against teams like Montreal and the Islanders. And we're going to see a lot of the Islanders, man. I mean, they're a division team. Um, we just needed, he just needed to fill a hole a top four defensive hole. I was okay with doing nothing else except for retaining our own guys. And you're right about Patrick. So Gustafson's kind of came out of left field makes you think ghost is going somewhere, but until he does, it's an incomplete off season for me. I, I can't say, at the end of the day, if you ask me, do I care more about him filling that hole for this year or looking towards the future, I'll say the future. But I still think he should be creative enough to figure something out to get a some kind of top four guy, even if it doesn't feel that he's that good, but he's enough. Gustafson's not nearly enough, by the way. He should still – I still expect that. So this, like, Broussard talk, I, I have no – I don't think any forward they're interested in is anything. I think they are a hundred percent on defense unless they think they have a trade going. So I'll meet you halfway. He's got to figure out this top four thing still, and it will be an incomplete off season unless he does not. Any thoughts there, Kyle? We already discussed. I mean, as of right now, as it sits right now, like Jack said, it's an incomplete off season. I don't exactly know what direction they're going. It's we're in limbo. Seems like kind of a lateral off season. You could say you just to say you could say they've gotten worse because Niskanen retired, right? And Gustafson doesn't fill that Niskanen void. Is it a lot worse? I don't know. I'd have to see them play. I mentioned on our brand new YouTube show on the fly. That the def- Let me know what you guys think about this defense corpse. Okay, so bottom pairing would be the sweetest connection in Robert Haig and Eric Gustafson. Second pairing would be, and Jack, hang on a second, Travis Sanheim and Braun. Top pairing would be Ivan Provorov and Shane Goss' bear. Where's Thoughts? Myers? Somebody's oh, yeah, missing. yeah, sorry, sorry. Somebody's so, missing. Where's <laughs> Myers? Where do we trade Myers to? <laughs> I, dude, I completely forgot about Phil Myers. Okay, so, yeah, Phil Myers, top top line. Uh, and that's Ghost assuming Ghost is traded, line. I guess. Yeah, that's assuming he's traded. Oh, okay. I mean, if, if Myers takes a big step, 
I can see that the first pairing being okay just because um, Provorov is such a damn anchor. It doesn't matter. He makes bad players look good and good players look great. So I think the first pairing is the least of my concerns. It's the second and third pairing. I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, the the third pairing, if the other two pairings were good, I actually don't mind. I like the Swedish connection. But Braun getting that much ice time. And you think people dislike Sandheim for some of his play now. If he's pulling Braun across the finish line, holy shit. I mean, and Braun's not, nowhere near as bad as McDonald was, so I don't want to make it sound that dramatic, but it's going to so be So you're saying rough. bring Andrew McDonald back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess my thinking is that Braun We're could be kind of the anchor back there, and Sanheim could have a little bit more free roam to play his style. I think the key word was anchor, uh, like in the literal sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as long as as long as he because he played okay during the regular season last year, you know, as long as he keeps the puck out of his zone, plays responsible defensively. I mean, he, dude, he put up some he put up better offensive numbers than Shane Gossespierre last year. Bro. That wasn't <laughs> he hard. played a lot more games. I feel <laughs> like when uh, defensive defensemen like that put up any offensive numbers, all of it is strictly luck. Right. Like, and you listen fun. to Colby Cohen when he said he had his best offensive year. Uh, sometimes you shoot the stick breaks, it bounces off the guy's dick and goes in the net. Sometimes you get lucky. Like it is. A, so if you're going to throw num- offensive brawn, offensive numbers at me, I'm already scared. Like now we're grasping at strolls. Like, come on. No, I mean, it, it's, it only sounds bad because it's brawn in the top four, but if he plays 16, 17 minutes a night with Travis Sanheim, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want a Sandheim Braun pairing, but I would, I'd be okay with it to see how it works. I think it was decent last year. Sandheim play with Ghost on offense, and Sandheim play with Braun on defense. Is that possible? (laughs) It could be. I mean, I guess that's the only way this defensive core works in my mind. But you You don't really need Braun offensively, though. Another big concern of mine now is what what's our penalty kill going to look like? That's a great point. We only have three penalty killing defensemen at this point. Were, were we going to insert Sanheim in now to to kill off penalties? I I, I don't particularly like this scenario. Who are I the mean, three, Myers, Kyle? I would say <clears throat> your three penalty killers right now would be Provorov, Hag, and Braun. Right. Would be your your three best penalty killers. I mean, I guess you can insert Myers in, but now now you're asking Myers to bump up by ten plus minutes a night. And what happens if that experiment goes wrong? Then what? Yeah. They do need someone. That's a great point you brought up with the PK. Niskanen was a bigger loss than people are realizing, I think, for sure. You know, he brings all those intangibles, but like you mentioned, they're also missing now another PK guy. That's why this Gustafson signing doesn't make doesn't, sense. Doesn't make <laughs> sense unless there's another move. And if there is another move, there may have to be another one. So yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, another great point you made earlier is they're waiting for things to kind of shake out with some of these other squads here. And, you know, it sucks now, but we're playing the waiting game. The Flyers roster is basically filled out. And it's a good roster for the most part. They just, like we mentioned, 
need another tweak or two, and they could be coming. They're still coming for sure. I don't. Chuck Fletcher's made enough moves since he's been here that I trust that he's not going to just sit and go into next season with this team. I don't believe that he's going to do that. You know, he actually can't if you consider the cap and the guys that he still has got to sign. You know, and like you mentioned with the PK, there are, there are still pieces he has to move around. Um, it is a great point brought up about the penalty kill for sure. And it's going to hurt. And now, yeah, they are three moves. It feels like away from completing this and we're still waiting for the biggest one to drop. And God, and then there's Patrick and this is tough. We weren't even going to re-sign Braun. Now we're putting him on the second pairing. That's how bad things look right now. Uh, To be honest, I don't dislike Braun, I think as much as you guys do. I think it's not he's not, that okay. like him, but he's not a second. He's not top four guy. No, nah, he's not. No, but he could be okay. A, he's not a top four guy. And my my biggest thing with Braun being on the second pair is where Myers had the speed to help Sandheim and vice versa when they made mistakes. They both had closing speed or enough closing speed to close the distance. If Sandheim turned over the puck, Myers would be able to close the gap. We we lose that. So now now we're expecting Sandheim to play more defensively because we all say, you know, we want Sandheim and Myers to move their feet. They're like gazelles out there. We want them to move the puck. Well, now if your defensive partner takes a whole minute to skate from the corner to the front of the net like Braun does, or at least it appears sometimes, you're going to be a lot less likely to try to skate out of your zone with the puck because if you turn it over – Going the opposite way, and nobody's going to be there. Yeah, and this isn't a McDonald thing with Braun. Like, I did see what he could do, and it, it, he's a third-pairing defenseman. You know, he, had, he he could definitely be a bit of a pylon, but, like, against lower competition, he was pretty solid, and that's all you can ask for. I think I'm at a point now where this team needs to win. They've proven they can win, and – when push comes to shove and it seems out Braun, that's where I'm going to be super nervous watching anything, you know, like it's just, and if he's getting that much playing time, it's going to, it's going to remind me back when Hacksaw was playing guys that he shouldn't have been playing in situations they shouldn't have been playing in and playing them way too much. And, you know, hopefully if they don't do anything, they could do something to trade deadline. But as it sits right now, uh, again, they weren't going to resign the guy. Now he's back for a lot less than what he was making that last year. And he, I think he signed him to a two year deal simply because he wanted a job. And that's, that's, that's uh, two years. You know, it's two years. He's got guaranteed a job. And um, now we're moving him up the lineup. Like, wow, that something went wrong significantly. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, I this think- getting retired. They didn't sign anybody. That's just it. Like the other move <laughs> needs to happen. Like, cause the backup plan is not much of a plan at all. No, and Gustafson feels a... completely out of left field. He, I didn't even list him on high or uh, on full circle with Steve. Steve brought him up because he's he's ghost. He didn't fit what we needed at all. And it's just like I get why guys like we didn't get guys like Brody and what have you, but like this is just like. It felt like almost like a luxury move when we don't have the money to make a luxury move. That's why it's got to be setting up something else. 
And we again, we just we just keep coming back to that. <laughs> to change pace here from the negative, do you think Gustafson definitely helps out this power play next year? I mean, he's got one year of success, so I'm not pinning all my hopes on it. He had a lot of nice things to say about the Flyers, which is great. Um, he said Braun was good. No joke. He really did say that. So there's that, I guess. Um, I see him starting out more on the second power play, and then we'll go from there. So that's two things. One, he's either going to have to take a lesser unit and do something with it, or two, the first unit is going to have to be just as bad as it was last year before he gets a shot. Um, I don't know what – I think the issue there is more Tarion than it is personnel at this point because these guys were successful at some point going not that far back. Um, other people seem to put it all on the personnel. I don't believe in that. Otherwise, why do we even have assistant coaches? So it's tough to say. I think they need a change in philosophy first and then go from there. If he's out there with guys like Giroux and Couturier and what have you, uh, I don't see why not. Maybe he's a smarter version of of Ghost, or he finds better seams than Ghost. And if that's the case, then yeah, he'll definitely generate some all. Well, I mean, that's the only thing I could see why they even brought him in for. I mean, honestly, I don't know what else you bring him in for at that point, except to help out with the power play. Because he's definitely not very good defensively. We've right. established it, that. He's one of the worst defensive players in the, in the league. It just reminds me of when I played NHL when I was like a really young and in free agency, like I just signed the top guy. The knee didn't matter. And it's not it was a top guy on their board at the time that they could fit into their salary. Does the need or the fit or the type of player he was and almost like be damned. It just didn't matter. We just need a defenseman. He's the top guy that fits into the one year rule that fits into our budget. Sign him. You know, that's the only thing that makes sense to me unless Ghost gets moved. But again, like it's been how long now the guys have been moved? It it just doesn't make sense. We heard all that speculation in the offseason about them wanting to bring in a guy to play with Ghost, to up his value, to possibly move him. None of that took place. We didn't bring in a left hand or a right handed defenseman either. And it just it just felt like shooting from the hip. Like you just this guy. And now we're just going to see what the fallout is. And I'm trying to be positive, but it just it doesn't make sense. If I wake up tomorrow and they made this monumental deal, all right, emergency podcast, let's be positive. But right now it's kind of like, what the hell are they doing? That being said, like Jim brought up earlier, I'm not going to shit on him either for doing something stupid like Nate Schmidt. Yeah, they're kind of just in that, okay, they're – Fletcher even said it. Like he came out and said what he was going to do. He was going to be patient. He was going to wait, see how things kind of shake out, and that's what that's exactly what he's doing. So, <laughs> and I brought up quotes he made on high and wide, and I, I or um, I keep doing that on full circle. I backed up like he's doing exactly what he said. Right. Um, so but I don't know what it, people are expecting. People have their own expectations, and that's why everyone's getting so upset. Like he told you what he's going to do. I don't know what you want. They do need a, some kind of top four defenseman, though. I mean, right. this going to retire. So he knows that. Uh, it, we're still at the, yeah, and it, it's still wait and see, you know, unfortunately. And I I hope a deal gets done. But I mean, I don't think people are wrong to start questioning things, but to start demanding 
bad bad players on bad contracts simply because you've heard of the name before i think is a Right. That's a little dramatic, but I think that's I think that's stupid. Like I'm not there yet. I, see, they're grading the offseason an F, where I'm like at a C, C minus. You know, like need, we didn't really we signed the guy great, but we really didn't address our needs. And if we're going to be successful, you need to address your needs. You can't just put it fully on. I hope our players develop. Yeah, which they should, by the way, because you hear uh, we got to wrap up soon, guys. I'm sorry, but the guys on Twitter who want to give people shit for depending on, you know, the talent to continue to grow. Like, I like fuck off really. Cause it should grow. And if they don't, they turn into trade chips and I'm not, I'm not done with Travis Sanheim, but I wouldn't be mad if they moved him. Now this is a whole nother conversation, but I've got guys like Provorov going to continue to get better. I got no doubt guys like Sanheim, I'm in kind of like wait and see. I feel like he's holding back for some reason. Maybe he's not 100% confident. I'm expecting him to take a huge jump. Uh, Myers, I think I think he's the real deal. I think give him playing time. Yeah, he's gonna fuck up, but he's gonna get, he's gonna be great at the same time. He's a kid. Uh, that's all. I want to see that. I want to see these guys perform. And so, I think it's hard to add pieces when you're waiting for these guys to get going that's why i think next year is such a big deal for some of these guys it's like put up or shut up i put out i don't know if i put out an article earlier about sandheim but it really is like dude perform next year or, or get going dude because guys like Giroux aren't getting any younger man you gotta pay carter hart and we didn't really talk about that maybe we could talk about that on the next episode but for me it's make or break for travis sandheim either you're going to be on this team or you're going to be somewhere else if you don't play well you know you've carter, said that before carter hart gets five by six on it now mark it down put it on the board that, that's interesting though because you know and now everyone's saying Askarov is the best goalie prospect since uh price but you heard a lot carter hart best goalie prospect since carry price or what have you you know carry price's first contract was i think it was 2.5 for two years and we're talking about Carter Hart, the best since Carey Price. He's not better than Carey Price. So I'm wondering, like, because you see a lot of guys even on Twitter, like, oh, he's going to get the $9 million extension. Like, Carey Price didn't get that until last year, two years ago. He got a $2 million two-year deal, and then he got, like, a four- or five-year deal, $6 million. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't think he's going to break the bank. Yeah, I'm like, Let's but it's going to be breaks. significant. It's still going to be significant. What's significant? I think well, Kyle was close. I don't know about those years, but like six million dollars going from under a million up to six million dollars, like that's a lot of money. That's a huge you jump. You consider the needs. You know, you're gonna have to pay Coots uh, more. You know, you're. I don't think you let your walk, so you're gonna pay him something. He's not gonna be making what he made. So like, you're looking at like over the next two three years a plus. 12 to 15 million dollar jump in payroll and that doesn't account for sandheim's going to be up soon um you're hoping that jvr is out of here who knows what happens with jake that'll save you some money but there's a ton of other guys as well like farabee's going to be looking for money at that point not a ton but something uh if you want to keep lawton around he's going to need some kind of raise Uh, i've already said i think he prices himself out and we kind of have to let him walk as much as i like him and there's uh, you know there's 
you, you'll have to see Myers. Who knows if that, what you're looking at at that point because we haven't even signed him yet. Uh, Patrick, if he comes back in place, there's so many unknowns with this team. You have to be careful. You just can't, you know, say, oh, we'll deal with them because you could really back yourself into a corner and really be screwed. And you could be Tampa, but without the cup. Right. And, and, you know, to bring up again, this is exactly why you can't bring in a, you know, a wild free agent or do anything stupid because there's so many things coming. Right. Um, that's all. So good episode. You guys have anything you want to add in here at the end? I got nothing. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, Jim's new uh, YouTube show. I guess we'll all be doing it, but Jim. Yeah, it's our show. Yeah. Um, when he announces that we traded for line A and um, we're heavily interested in some kind of stud top four defenseman. Yeah, so the show that Jack's talking about, guys, is it's on our YouTube uh, page. It's called HW on the Fly. We'll be using that show for, like Jack just mentioned, any you know uh, breaking trades or you know on days that we don't have any podcasts, so we can get news to you quicker and give our reactions and whatnot. So you'll be able to stare at our ugly faces on YouTube while we talk about the Flyers. Uh, make sure you guys check out Full Circle. Came out Monday night as or Monday morning as it always does. Awesome episode with Jack and Steve. What else do we got coming up, guys? Oh, HW with Derek Settlemeyer will be back next week, I believe. We have a couple more episodes with him coming up. I know I'm missing stuff. Check out the hwhockey.net site. It's all on there. All of our articles, all of our past shows, all of our YouTube stuff. And that's it, guys. Listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a comment. Leave us some some positive feedback, guys. We appreciate that kind of stuff. Give us five stars. That all helps. And we will be back with this show next week. When it comes-